All right, everybody, make your way back to your seats. If you don't mind, stand real quick for the reading of the Word of God. There's nothing like coming into the presence of God and feeling His presence. Have y'all enjoyed today so far? I feel like even though it's Sunday morning, the 9 a.m. service, this is normally like the chill service. This is normally like the laid back. 11 o'clock, things get crazy. They bring out more chairs and people are like everywhere. But today, God moved at 9 a.m. Aren't you glad you came? Praise God. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read two verses, then I'm going to let you be seated and we'll get right into the Word of God. This is what Paul is saying. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet, everybody say yet. They produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we see now. I love that statement. Paul's just bold, like up in your face, like, hey, don't look at the mess that's around you right now. In fact, allow your eyes to glaze over the trouble because it's so easy to fixate on on what's going on in your life right now. Right? Y'all with me? Got a house full of humans this morning, right? We fixate on our issues. We fixate on our problems. But we don't look at the troubles we see now, but rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Pastor, how do I get past this? Stop looking at it and start looking where you're going. Start looking at the one who holds you by the hand. I don't know about tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. Amen? Some of y'all don't even know that song. You've got to be old school to know that song. I don't know. about Anyway. For the things that we see now will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see will last forever. Real quick, before you're seated, let's lift our hearts and our hands and our lives. Father, we receive your word today. We open our ears to hear. We open our minds to comprehend. We open our hearts for you to plant your word in us today, God. We don't want to leave this place the same way we came, but rather we want to leave this place on fire in your presence, overpowered by who you are. Let your glory fill this house. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen. How many of y'all have enjoyed the series that we started at the beginning of May? Praise God. We're, we're going, is it crazy? We're going into month two. This is the longest series I think I've ever preached in my life. But I'm loving it. Real quick, on the count of three, somebody shout out something that you've learned this month already. One, two, three, go. Yeah, All right, so I'm going to go a little old school today with my title. I grew up in a very fundamentalist Pentecostal environment, and, like, TV was a sin. If you even looked at a TV, you had to, like, pray. We didn't do Hail Marys or anything, but you had to pray through again just because you were in the restaurant and you saw the TV. But I would sneak over to my friend's house, and I remember the commercials. Some of y'all, some of y'all may be old enough to remember this. Anybody remember Body by Jake? I hope you didn't spend your money on that. And all the various anatomy of steel that you could buy. But today, I'm just giving you my sermon title, Body by Jesus. 
So with that being said, let me ask you this question. What makes you strong? Think about it. What, what makes you strong? What do you measure your personal strength with? And here's the deal. Before you dive into that and start thinking all spiritual, let's, let's just be real. We'll all, we're all human. Our strength is connected intrinsically to our pride centers. We measure what makes us strong by our knowledge. In other words, the things that we know. If I know a lot, if I've studied a lot, if I've read a lot, some people know a lot of words and you hear all the words after you get into a conversation with them and they want to tell you everything that you know. So you flip subjects so you can insert yourself and they know everything about that subject as well. They have like this real intimate relationship with Uncle Google and they know everything that is on the internet. We measure our strength by that. It's, it's a position of pride. We measure our strength by our possessions, like the things that we have. Get new things, assimilate or accumulate more things, more stuff. And, and we, we look at ourselves as being strong financially, right? The more stuff we have, the stronger financially we are. Unless you remember all the financial crashes that have happened over the last 30 years. Then the, the, a lot of times we measure our strength by our accomplishments, things that we've done. Things that, that we have accomplished on our own, like, hey, I've done this, that makes me strong. Right? Y- y'all with me? Things that we know, things that we have, things that we have done, these are our pride centers. And this is where we measure our strength, if we're being honest. You know, a pastor in church says, where's your strength? And everybody says, oh, my strength comes from the Lord. Yeah, but you're not really living like that. I'm not really living like that. don't want you to think I'm being sanctimonious here. If we live like that, we would not get bogged down in the things that we get bogged down in. Because basically what's happening, so much of our focus in our life is on the here and on the now, which is, which is the temporal plane. This, everything that we're living in now is going to pass away, no matter how good it is, no matter how awesome. Like, I love, oh my God, I love going to Chez Pierre. Oh my Lord, I haven't been there in a minute. We need to go today. It's my cheat day because it's a day that ends with why. So I get to have a cheat day today. Going to Chez Pierre and getting their, their red velvet cake. Oh, my God. And what's awesome about it is they make it in such a way, like I'm not really a huge fan of icing. So you, you can like literally like dig in and the icing just stays there and you just get all that glorious gooey goodness out of the middle. But as much as I like that, as you can tell, Red velvet cake is not going with me into eternity. Pastor, that's silly. We know that. What about our finances? What about our careers? What about our houses? What about our cars? What about our clothes? What about the things that we amass? What about our social media feed? What about all the things that we measure our strength by? None of it is going with us when we leave this place. But so much of our focus is on the here and now. It's on the temporal. But you have to understand that Jesus is preparing us in this moment, in this day and age, for eternity. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preparing me. Y'all are like worried that I'm going to be up in your grits. So you're like, I'm not going to really preach with him. He is preparing us 
for eternity. Let's look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, and the rest of the sermon. We're just going to stay there in chapter 5, so you can have it up on the app. It's going to be on the screen, but if you have an old school Bible, like all us safe folk, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 1. 2 Corinthians 5, 1, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Now, I, I will go ahead and tell you, those of you that like to read the scriptures and like to dig into all the really cool things, this is where a lot of the, the thought process happens where people are like, yeah, I'm going on, going on to glory and I got a mansion waiting on me in the sky. Y'all, y'all heard that? I, I, God's built me a mansion on the side of the, of the crystal sea, right down alley four on the streets of gold. I mean, this is where a lot of this comes from. I'm not getting into that today. I'm not going to tell you my thoughts on that. But as we can see clearly from the context of the scripture, he calls our body that we live in now an earthly tent or an earthly dwelling But this is only temporary. We are going to die and this earthly tent is going to go away. But don't worry about that because God is preparing a heavenly place or a heavenly house for your spirit to dwell, right? He's talking less about brick and mortar and he's talking more about glorified bodies that are filled with the spirit of God and your spirit is resting inside of it. I did not know we were having one of those services today. But you got to see this because this is important. We focus so much on the here and now. When one of our loved ones dies, I can't wait to see them in glory. And we start imagining them looking over the rim of heaven. First off, read the Bible. That doesn't happen. Don't want to mess you up today. But that doesn't happen in the Word of God. And I promise you, when your loved one, loved one has gone on into glory, they're not worried about you. Because they have moved on and they are in a heavenly place prepared by the hands of God. They have realized in the moment that they took their last breath and they opened their eyes in glory, they realized, oh my Lord, that was nothing but a glimpse. They are in a place of peace and a place of rest. They are no longer bound by the temporary. But our focus lands on that. Is this okay if I pastor a little bit this morning? We spend so much time fixating on the temporary. And and know this, that strength that we build ourselves fades into weakness. Let me say that again. Strength that we build ourselves fades into weakness. I think that's perhaps why, why Paul made the reference to physical exercise. And he says, hey, physical exercise profits but it only profits a little bit. We see that in 1 Timothy 4 and 8. There's a profit to it. There's a benefit to it. You need to take care of your earthly tent while you're in the earth, but understand the profit or the legacy that's left by that is only temporary. If you just signed up for another 15-year membership at the gym, I'm sorry, you're only investing in the here and the now. You're not taking your 12-pack with you. And, I, and it's real easy. to Well, yeah, we're, we're going to get on all the people that fixate on, on working out. Hey, if you want to work out, work out. That's good. Be a good steward of what you've been given. That's awesome. Eat healthy. Do all the things that I don't like to do. Go do it because there's not a thing wrong with it. 
But understand, it's not stretching your eternity at all. Understand that it's only benefiting you here and it's only benefiting you now because it is a temporal foundation. You're not taking any of it with you. So let me challenge you today. Don't fixate on the temporal. Is this good this morning? Y'all can let me know every now by saying amen or giving me a hmm or something. There you go. Hmm. Second Corinthians, let's go to verse 2 and 3. We grow weary in our present bodies. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? Got to rest my weary bones. Like, how old are you? I've been mining out in the, the gold rush in California with a pickaxe. I'm so tired, you know. We grow weary in our present bodies. Kylie the other day told me, she's our youngest. She told me the other day, I am so worn out, my back hurts. I'm like, from doing what? (laughs) Sitting on the chair, playing your game? Yeah, I bent over and it hurt. We long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. Again, I know there's a lot of thoughts on that and going and communing with dead people. I'm not going to get into that. Just notice, by the way, I'm not getting into it. If you need to know what I think about it, ghost ain't real. But anyway, there's an internal longing in all of us. There's an internal longing that is built within all of us to know or to experience or to grasp something more than we have in this moment. No matter how good your temporary fixations are, and some of us have it a little bit better than others, and others will still have it better than us, but no matter how good it is, there's always this longing that's built inside of us to stretch beyond where we are to experience something else. In fact, the weaknesses that we feel, the the weariness in our bodies, the things that wear us down actually heighten our awareness of that there is something more than what I have now. Could this be why Paul said, I'm going to glory in my weakness. Because every time I recognize that I'm running out of gas, I'm reminded exactly how strong my God is. Every time I realize that, oh my God, this life royally sucks. That's how much more I need to reach for God. Because if it's rough here, he says that he's taken me to a place where there is no tears. There are no tears. There is no weeping. There is no just longing for something more because you have arrived in the place of more. Here's the deal. I want to challenge us today, starting with me and going through this congregation. As we go into the first official month of summer, I want us to get our eyes off of what we see in the here, in the now. I want us to fix our eyes on the fact that our hope is not in this world. Paul made the statement, he said, if my hope is in this world, I am among all men most miserable. If everything that I desire is found in this place, oh my God, you're not going to like heaven at all. You may not even be able to grasp the fact that he's taking you from a place where the pains that actually give you comfort now because you're so used to them being there, they won't be there, they will be gone. 
So when that depression, that anxiety, and that physical ailment comes, or that emotional wrecking comes, and, and you're so used to it because you may have been living in that for a while. By the way, first off, don't get discouraged. There's a God who sees you, and there's a church that loves you as you're going through that. But don't you dare think that that's the end because my God has prepared something that is so much greater. Praise God. Let me just give this to you this morning. Don't ever give up. I know I said that last Sunday. It was so good I had to say it again. Don't ever give up. This week alone I heard so many tragic stories of people that I'm connected to that come to the end of this part of their life and they're just walking away. Just walking away. But how many people have lived this long for God and they bump into stuff and they're like, I can't do it anymore. Y'all, let me give you, if I can give you any hope, if I can give you any challenge, don't ever give up even when your strength runs out because your strength is here in the temporal, but his strength is in the eternal. Praise God. Look at verses four and five. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh. You can almost see, he's wanting us to see that our our physicality is almost like a prison locking us into temptation and enslaving us to weakness. Here we are in these earthly bodies. We We can't function well. All we can do is groan and sigh. It's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up in life. Like, like we're, we're, we're hearing this and we're, we're seeing what he's saying, but we're also we're feeling the weight of the fact that we are living in a temporal state and something that's weak. But, but I want you to notice, I want you to notice the, the words that Paul uses here. He's using a couple of phrases that, that don't really tie in with physicality, but rather they tie in with water baptism. Let, let me break it down for you real quick. He says, first off, we want to put on our new bodies. You, you can go into Galatians 3.27, like when, when you're baptized into the name of Jesus, you put on Christ like you're putting on new clothes. He says, it's like we want to be baptized and be swallowed up when you're water baptized. You're buried in the water, and that burial represents being swallowed up by the grace and the mercy of God. How important is water baptism? You better believe it's, it's majorly important. And I'm not saying you need to go be water baptized every month. But what I am saying is you need to get baptized on the regular in the spirit of God. Because you need to put on something that's greater than what you're living in right now. You need to gain some strength in your moment of weakness. So I need to go into the presence of God. And I need to allow the Holy Spirit to baptize me and put something new on me. Swallow me up. I'm going to lean back into the loving arms of my beautiful God. And I'm going to allow him to breathe his spirit onto me. My God, I'm feeling some preaching in this place. God himself has prepared us for this. God doesn't see my weakness. Oh, yes, he does. He's prepared you for this. And as a guarantee, just in case you feel you need to give up, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because it'd be too many hands to count. 
come to the edge. You've come to the end and you're ready to stop because you're tired, you're worn out. Don't fixate on the temporal. I get it. But God has prepared you for this moment. And as a guarantee, he's given you his Holy Spirit. Pastor, do I need to be spirit baptized? Oh my God, why would you not want to be? I heard that I didn't need the Holy Spirit to be active in my life every day. Why would you believe that? That's like somebody coming and saying, oh, you're getting married? Danny and Lindsay, you're getting married? By the way, congratulations. So excited about this. Lindsay, if he gets out of order, just elbow him. He'll line up. Danny, take it. It's worth it. Way better than sleeping on the couch. But how would you like it? If at your wedding ceremony, when, when it comes my time to do my part of that ceremony, I looked at you and said, okay, I love you, but God wants you to know that the only connection you're allowed to have is Danny putting his arm around you for the rest of your existence, no kissing, no relations. Clean that up for anybody that's shorter than me in here. The only connection you can have is just shaking hands, only connection you can have is, like, why would you even go into a marriage if there was nothing more than just a distant friendship, right? You don't get married for making whoopee, but that's a great side benefit. Let's just be real. Like, Pastor, I can't believe you talk like that. Well, it's true. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't say whoopee. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. You're, ah, so sanctimonious. Some of the reasons, let me just drop, sometimes people's lives get so jacked up because they take something that God has prepared for later and bring it into the right now and they can't handle it because they're not designed for it yet. I'm just, just a little pastoring. Wait, and it's way better. But living for God without the baptism of the Holy Spirit and without a daily interaction with the breath of God himself is like being married to someone. You get to wake up next to them every morning with their stank breath, yet you never get to kiss them. Ladies, you got to watch him drop his drawers all over the floor, his socks wherever he takes them off. you got to bug him not to take the garbage cans out. You gotta, but yet you never get to hear him say, I love you. What would be the point? Get a roommate. It's cheaper. It's the same way. If you're living for God without the breath of God living in you, you're wearing yourself out. You're missing out on all the good stuff. You need the Holy Spirit, this is why he's giving you the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. And so, somebody would say, Pastor, I'm so worn out. Life has wrecked me. And one of my first questions is, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? No. I didn't think that was for me because that's what was taught to me. Oh, that's weird. I don't need... That's why you're wearing out. Because you're trying to do it on your own strength. He never designed you to do it on, on your own strength. He designed you to do it with his breath active in you. He wants to baptize you. He wants you to put on a new identity. He wants to swallow you up in everything that he is. And he wants to breathe life into you. 
Every time you experience weakness, he's preparing you. Every day that you're baptized in the spirit, he's guaranteeing you. I don't know about you, but there are times this week I needed an extra guarantee and I could not wait till Sunday. So I had to go get alone in my closet with God and say, I need you to baptize me now. Oh, that just sounds weird. No, that sounds awesome. What sounds weird is trying to do it on your own with this decaying body that every day is dying and every day is getting weaker. I don't want to live in weakness. I want to live in the strength and the confidence of who my God is. Real quick in closing, put your confidence in Jesus not yourself. In other words, walk by faith and not by sight. Look at verse 6. So we are always confident even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we would be at home with the Lord. I don't want what I'm living in right now. I want something more. Pastor, that sounds like we got a death wish. No, we don't have a death wish. We have a life wish. When you fall in love with Jesus, and you stop fixating on the here and the now and the temporal, you start living your life every day, investing into your eternity. This hurts, but I'm going to invest in the... Pastor, are you asking for money? No, this has nothing to do with money, or maybe it does, but that's not what today's sermon is. Stop fixating on the here and the now. Sam, Chris, John, Rachel, I just bought houses. Happy for y'all. That's awesome. Congratulations. You can't take it with you. So don't let it take everything from you. Anybody got kids going into high school? I'm going to have three high schoolers. Oh, my God. Hey, you better study. If you don't, I will cut you. But understand what you're learning is going to pass away. I got this, I got this new thing. Awesome. Got a new opportunity at my job. Awesome. Go for it. Live with excellence. But understand, this is not what you're designed for. This is nothing but a blip on the radar of your eternity. And if you put your confidence in what you're living in now, you're going to be among all people most miserable. But when you lift your eyes and you fix your eyes on what's coming, truth confidence only comes through an eternal perspective. i got to change the way I see things because life is tough and I may give up. But if I'm fixate on what's coming, if I know that there's more, I don't fixate here. I keep looking for the goal. This is the reason that you don't put your head down and work. No, you lift your eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. My Lord is the God Almighty. He is the Lord of heaven's armies. So let me give you a next step before we close out. Y'all live to please God. Verses 9 and 10. For whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please Him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. And we will each receive what we deserve. Oh, God, I hope I don't get what I deserve. If you're scared of what you deserve, change your perspective. Start living for eternity instead of living for the here and the now. So let me give you two things. 
Make investments into your eternity. And here's two ways to do it. First, build on his strength, not your own. And lastly, share what you've received with someone else. Build your life on the strength that he brings, not your pride centers. And then once you build on that strong foundation of who Jesus Christ is and you get filled up and you get baptized and you put on that new robe and that new, that new identity in Jesus Christ, you're getting baptized every day in the Spirit of God. Step back out into the world that's filled with weakness and hurt and depravity and give out what you've received and watch how much better your life is going to be. Y'all, does this sound good this morning? Real quick, why don't we stand to our feet? Come on, God, let, let us exalt your name we give you praise because you are our strength we don't live in our weaknesses we don't live in our moments God we don't find ourselves bogged down because we're shifting our perspective off of ourselves and we're fixing our eyes and fixing our gaze on you in Jesus name come on everybody let's lift our hands and give him a little bit of worship right now as we close out this service